Welcome to the Business Chef Podcast, where we learn from the best about the business side of the food service industry. Do you make food? Then let us help you make money doing it. Want to connect with us? Check us out at Make Food Make Money on Instagram or Facebook, or email us info at businesschef.org. Hello, everyone. Again, welcome to the Business Chef Podcast. I am Chef Sean Boucher, and we have a very different show today. Uh, you know, over the course of the last couple of months since the podcast has been live, um, we've done over a dozen episodes now, and we've gotten a little bit of a followership, and I've actually gotten a few emails, actually more emails than I thought I was going to get, and um, and that's a good thing, but some of the responses to the show have actually been different than what I initially had suspected them to be. Uh, some of the <laughs> Some of the responses have been funny. Some of them have been not so funny, and some of them have been actually really almost inspiring. Um, I wouldn't even say almost. They have been inspiring. There's been a lot of good feedback and a lot of people reaching out and uh, talking about some of the, the things that we've done or talked about and how it's affected them and how they've been able to change their operation or change their mindset or change what they're doing to potentially make more money and that's great that's something that's exactly what we've been looking for but the funny thing is <clears throat> is that the more time goes on the more questions I get about what's your story we want to hear your story we're interested to hear your story in fact I'm going to read this one right here it says hey great show love what you're doing but dot 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 would love to know more about you what exactly is it that you do now? You're very general in your descriptions, and I understand why, but we would love, comma, we as the listeners, comma, would love to know more about you and about what you do and what makes you passionate about what you do. Thanks so much. So it's interesting because... As, I, as I've read these things, I, my story is not that interesting to me. <laughs> and, and I guess it's interesting to some people, but uh, it's not that interesting to me. And I thought that I had covered at least a little bit of it in the first episode, but apparently I haven't. And, and some, of the, some of the guys that I'm working with here have said, oh, what a great idea. This would be, this would be awesome. We'd like to know your story too in more depth. So it looks like you're going to have to hear my story. Um, I don't love talking about myself. I'll be honest and upfront about that. But at the same time, um, I've, I've had a pretty fantastic career to this point, And I've been very grateful and fortunate for the opportunities that have been afforded to me. So here we go. I'm going to interview myself. You're going to get to hear my story and... I'm going to use the exact same format that we've used with other guests. So I guess I'm going to go ahead and ask myself, how did you get started in this business? Well, when I was in high school, I uh, loved art. I loved creating things. I knew that for my career, I wanted to create things. I didn't want to sit behind a desk. I didn't want to, you know, 
do things just for a paycheck. I wanted to do things because I liked doing it, and I really liked creating. Um, I was a musician of sorts. I, I really liked playing the guitar, the bass, the drums. I really enjoyed sitting in my room and uh, turning the music up very loud and playing along to Rage Against the Machine and Pearl Jam and some of the other uh, bands of the day and, um, you know, not at a, at a low volume, my sweet mother for putting up with uh, the, the deafening sounds sometimes echoing from my room. But I uh, really enjoyed doing things with my hands, and I got a job at a butcher store meat department um, in, in my town there where I grew up in Kaysville, Utah, Bowman's Market, and I cleaned that at night. So that started around the time I was well, 14, 15 years old. I started cleaning that at night, and it was a gross job. But at the same time, I learned a lot, and it was kind of back in the day when <clears throat> everything was transitioning from being, uh, you know, throwing the sides of beef up on these great big hooks and then pulling them from room to room to the, to the subprimals, the box beef, everything was going into that. So, uh, even though we had the rails and things in there, um, I primarily only dealt with that box beef and I'd stack it at night. And then I had to clean out the great big grinders that would make the hamburgers and, um, then and there were two of those in the walk in there I would clean the floors uh, I'd take out the sludge buckets that were full of all the trimmings and heads and tails and whatnots and uh, clean the the benches and the machinery all that kind of stuff so anyway I got doing that and in the process of that uh, I kind of learned to cook there was actually uh, this this cheese melt or this this scale on the back that we would package cheese. So we get these great big box or blocks of cheese in these 40, 50 pound blocks, and we'd actually cut them with a wire that hung over the top of a <laughs> of a grocery cart, and we'd cut it and uh, into these you know smaller sized portions, and we'd put them on the scale, and it had shrink wrap there, and then it had this little hot plate that you would kind of seal it shut and put the price tag on it. So. That was kind of my first foray into food because I figured out that I could turn that heat pad up. And at the time, the policy there was kind of like, if you need something, just go grab it off the shelf. You know, if you need a cleaner or whatever. And so we, a lot of the employees at the time kind of figured that, oh, okay, well, it's probably similar for food. So a lot of times we'd go to the deli and you'd, get stuff at, I don't know, whatever discount it was, 20% or 10% or something. And uh, I actually started getting requests. People would go into the, um, like the deli, because I worked at night mostly, and so there was the deli crew and the produce crew, and they'd go over and they'd get stuff out of the the uh, pile of stuff that was reduced for quick sale and um, a lot of stuff that if it was starting to expire, um, we'd go buy that stuff and they'd ask me, I'd turn that hot plate up and I'd actually turn it into like a, a griddle. So <laughs> we would, we'd make quesadillas and all sorts of fun things on there. And so in the process of all that, I realized that I wasn't going to do that for the rest of my life, obviously, but I did, was interested in learning how to cut meat and, uh, didn't really ever get the chance there, maybe a little bit. But for the most part, I just realized I needed something more. So at the time, 
there was a culinary school up at, near my home, uh, the Davis Applied Technology College at the time, uh, Davis Tech now, which is awesome because I've kind of come full circle and now I sit on the board there. And we, uh, I, w- I went to my high school guidance counselor and had taken all the art classes I really could. And he said, well, why don't you take some classes up here at the, the tech college? We'll pay for it. You'll get high school credit, college credit. I said, cool, I'll, I'll do it. So I went in, um, kind of got my feet wet a little bit. The first day we were moving into a brand new kitchen and, you know, I'm thinking, oh, this is great. I'm going to be doing watermelon carvings and ice sculptures and I'm going to get to really, really create stuff and be an artist and get in there the first day. And the chef's like, well, guys, we're making food for 200 people in the next three hours. So let's get to it. And I thought, oh man, what I get myself into. But I ended up um, sticking with it, being okay at it. And it was, uh, you know, I got about six months into the program. And this was the year of the first NBA lockout where the players and coaches couldn't agree. And so what ended up happening was they needed a way to, or they, uh, they finally agreed. Well, that was in January. So the season was supposed to start in October. So all the cooks that were supposed to go work at the local arena, the Delta Center at the time in Salt Lake City, Utah, uh, didn't have any cooks. It didn't have anybody working there. And so basically the chef down there uh, put out an APB to all the culinary schools and all the people you could think of and said, in a nutshell, if you can breathe, I will hire you. So, you know, I, again, I'm 16 years old, didn't have a car, didn't really have a way to get down there. I lived about 30 minutes away. And uh, my instructor at the time said, you know, you ought to, you ought to just go down. You ought to just go check it out, see what it's like, see if you want to work there. And I thought, well, you know, what's the harm in that? I don't know how I'm going to get down there, though. So I took the bus. Uh, it was about an hour and a half ride down. Got down there, uh, walked into what I thought was, hey, come check this out, see if you want to work here. And they're going over Social Security numbers and payroll, and this is where you get your uniforms. And I'm thinking, man, this is really in-depth for an semi-orientation. And uh, at the end of it, they hand me my whites and said, okay, cool. See you Monday. And I thought, what did I get myself into? So I went back to school and my teacher said, look, this is a better opportunity for you because you're going to be learning on the job. You're going to be doing volume. You need to take it. So I took it. So um, it was an A day, B day schedule in high school. And my A days ended up all being these culinary classes. And my instructor basically said, look, we'll, we'll work out a system where you can get some credit for working down there. And so I got to go to work. So I was getting high school credit, college credit, and getting paid um, to work. It was awesome. It was like a perfect scenario for me because I had really always wanted to work. I always wanted to have money because it was made apparent, you know, very at a young age that if I wanted something, I had to work for it. So I went to work there. My first day was a train wreck. I cut the tip of my finger off. I had a knife drop in my foot. I spilled hot turkey juice down my front and back, all within like the first 30 minutes. And the chef came to me and said, dude, you're not going to make it. Go home. And I said, no, 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 chef, I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. And I ended up coming back, and we then spent the next uh, eight years together. Off and on, I became his apprentice and went to multiple properties with him, so it ended up, you know, being a good thing. In my time there at the Delta Center, I got to see a lot of cool stuff and meet a lot of cool people. 
you know, this is back in the Stockton Malone and Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, and you know the Larry Bird, all the all the basketball greats. I got to see a lot of them and cook for a lot of them, which was really cool. Um, and then I uh, had the opportunity um, after I, I uh, left for a couple years and uh, did some volunteer service and came back. And worked at a hotel, worked um, for the Little America Hotel in Salt Lake City, Utah, another icon in the city, and kind of worked my way up from being a a line cook into a purchasing manager, ended up becoming the PM sous chef. And then when the executive chef left, I kind of stepped into that role for a minute while they they went on a nationwide search. And um, after that, got into restaurants, got into... um, Fast Casual as a general manager for a concept called Rumby Island Grill. And I really learned about business there. That was where I learned how to read P&Ls. That was where I learned about really maintaining food costs and labor costs and watching everything constantly like a hawk every hour of every day, making sure that um, we knew what we were doing. And so as I, uh, as I got a little further along in that, that process, um, I realized that I wanted to be a business owner. I, I could see that the real money was in owning your own business. And so at the time I had an opportunity, there used to be, there was a, a man by the name of Don Hainsworth and Don would come into Rumby every day and sit in the back and just watch. And he would just, he would kind of look around and I got to know Don because I would go out and do table touches and we we got to talking one day and come to find out he owned a restaurant down the road called the Cabo Grill and we got to talking and and he said look i we're just we're not doing near the business you guys are doing i i know i need some help i'm i'm getting tired i've already retired from one career i'm you know i i i kind of need some help with this so i stepped into a role with him where I was kind of consulting initially, and then I went to work full-time in the concept. And ultimately, it was at a time, this is 2007, 2008, when things were kind of starting to to tank a little bit in the economy. And um, there was a lot more competition than when he first started, and sales were down. And it was just, it was a very challenging time, and we had to make the decision to close it. So even though I had kind of given my heart and soul to it uh, while I was there, and Don and I became very good friends... We also both recognized that it wasn't sustainable and we needed to kind of kind of to look at a different direction. And so he decided to retire. I moved into a different role where I moved into um, a role with an entertainment center, a bowling center, a Fat Cats Fun Center. And I ran the pizza factory there and uh, Strikers Snack Bar. And we also had a bar in there. Um, and... So we, uh, so I did that for a little while and then had an opportunity to kind of get out of the business. I tried to get out of the business. It was, you know, I was working long, long weekend days, you know, at, at Fat Cats. I was there, I'd get there at six thirty, seven o'clock for leagues and I'd be there sometimes until midnight and it just, oh man, it was wearing on me and my wife at the time, it was wearing on her and we just really decided that we needed to we needed a change. And so 
we decided to go with a friend out to San Francisco and start a business. And a few months into that, it just it wasn't working. So we came back and I ended up working for my father-in-law at the time who uh, was building cabinets and I got to learn how to woodwork and really, really loved that. Loved um, just working with my hands again, creating things, these beautiful structures. And he was truly an artist and a craftsman and he was incredible, did incredible work. So I really loved that. I loved the opportunity to do that. And after, or while I was doing that, I decided I was going to go into real estate. Hey, why not? You know, 2006, 2007, thought this is going to be great. <laughs> Went into real estate school and I was going to get my license and I was also going to get my appraisal license. So I got my, got it enrolled in both those classes, got into the real estate side of things, loved it. You know, I felt like I understood everything, but I, for the life of me, could not pass the test. There were two tests. There was a test that you had to take to get out of real estate school and then one that you actually had to take with the state. And I could not pass that first test to get out of school. I would miss it by one question every time. And I kid you not, I think I took it at least three times and maybe four or five, but holy smokes, it was... It was frustrating. So I thought, well, that's okay. I've still got my appraisal and building cabinets. I'm going to be in real estate. It's going to be great. So went back uh, into helping with the cabinets, focused on my appraisal school. We'll come to find out with appraisers. I went to school, paid this money, took the classes. But then you have to have you know X amount of hours, 1,000 hours or something to, uh, to apprentice under someone. But no one wants to help you do that because you, in essence, become competition. <laughs> so then it was like, okay, great. Well, now that I've gone through the classes and spent the money, now I know that I can't do this. And at the time, a very wise man, someone I had worked with a number of years at the Delta Center, Dave Prowse, came to me and said, dude, what are you doing? Come on, man. This isn't what you want to do. And... I said, yeah, you're right. And he said, look, I need some help. I'm building this concept, um, Costa Vida, and I need some help doing these inspections. I need you, to, need you to go around the country and inspect these restaurants. I'll pay you to do it. And so I said, okay, I, uh, I'm going to do that. So I, I jumped into doing that. So I was doing that in conjunction with the cabinets, and then it got to a point where it was just too much um, so I ended up having to leave my my then father-in-law at the time uh, and go into go into just inspecting these restaurants for Costa Vida, which was a great opportunity. I loved it. I was grateful for it. Um, but I just really uh, knew that it wasn't totally sustainable because I yes, I was self-employed and yes, I was I was doing okay, but I wasn't doing great. And so an opportunity came up to go back to my roots and go back to the DATC, the Davis Applied Technology College as the catering manager. So I got that job. I went back. I loved it. It was awesome. Um, I thought, hey, this is great. I've got state benefits. I've got a decent wage. I've got good hours. You know, I'm able to do my Costa Vida stuff on the side so I can I can really make a living doing this. It, this is awesome. I love it. Well, life set in and uh, Costa Vida was kind of in the process of uh, changing ownership and management. And there was a good chance that my position was going to be eliminated and there wasn't going to be a need for me. And 
So I had to make some hard choices. Now at the time, um, with the DATC also, I had an opportunity to go back to school and it was going to be online. And I, I, it was something I always wanted to do. I wanted to finish my bachelor's, my master's degrees, and I needed to do it really, truly needed to do it. But I had always kind of drugged my feet to do it. Well, now I had this, this opportunity to do it. And so I, I made a hard decision and I left the DATC, a job that I really loved. And I thought I could stay at forever to go get these degrees, um, which in, obviously in hindsight, I'm glad that I did, but went um, and finished my, my bachelor's degree as I was traveling for uh, Costa Vida. Um, when my position was eliminated, I ended up moving to New Mexico as being kind of taking up the operations down there. And uh, that was, again, it was just wasn't a situation that was sustainable. Um, we uh, the, the ownership down there decided to sell the restaurants to a, a restaurant group. And so I came back and kind of tail between my legs, felt like I had failed, felt like a failure. Uh, cause you know, this is the second restaurant I've had that has kind of gone under and this just really sucks. I'm just not good at this. I need to do something else. So I came back and I said, okay, I've tried to get out of food before. Maybe I need to go sell insurance. Maybe I need to go sell financial products. Maybe I need to do something like that. That seems, you know, fairly lucrative and pretty stable and everybody's doing it. And well, my passion just wasn't there. I tried to get into it, tried to, you know, research it. And it just, oh man, I was not interested in that at all. So I knew I wanted to go back into food. I just didn't know how. Well, at the time there was an opportunity to go to uh, uh, into a teaching position with the art institutes. Now I didn't know anything really about the art institutes. I knew that it was a new culinary school in town, but, uh, and I knew they were hiring. That was really the important part. So we moved, we had moved in with my parents, moved all of our stuff into the garage and the basement and again, tail between the legs. And so I started working at the art institute and man, I loved it. It was it was a great experience. The only problem was is I was driving about 60 miles one way. Um, and that, especially when you have a 7 a.m. class, becomes very challenging. So uh, I <laughs> kind of looked at other opportunities. Now, at the time, um, personally, my life kind of started to fall apart there also. My wife at the time and I had kind of started to drift apart, and it became very apparent that it wasn't going to last and that we needed to move on from each other. And it was easily one of the most painful experiences of my life. I wouldn't wish it on my uh, worst enemy, but in hindsight, it was the right thing to do because uh, even though we don't really stay in touch, I'm, I believe anyway that uh, she's happy and I'm, I've got in a situation that's uh, better for me. And so we've, we parted ways amicably, but, uh, you know, anytime you have those personal issues and, and conflicts and challenges, it directly affects your professional life. So I became a little bit less effective at work. Um, and, that, and that was a challenging time in life, um, very, very much so. So as I continued to teach at AI, I uh, went, um, went kind of into this depression and just realized I needed to keep myself busy. I needed to be busier because I didn't want time to think. I didn't want time to 
to assess the situation and think about what I could have done differently. I just needed to, I needed to move on and I needed to figure out how to do that. And the only way I knew how was again, throwing myself into work. So I had made some connections through the industry for, um, just various manufacturing companies that I ended up going and working for and doing demos and things. And, and while I was doing that, uh, the art institutes were being sued by the federal government, and I could kind of see the writing on the wall that these for-profit culinary institutions were not going to last, and I didn't necessarily want to put my name on something like that, and so I decided that it was time for me to move on from there, and I moved into doing my consulting. Now, at the time, I had, uh, I had written a book first-timers cookbook. I had uh, kind of gotten on the circuit a little bit there where I was doing book signings in the evenings and, uh, you know, Barnes and Noble and Costco and all these different places and, and, you know, doing these home cooking shows. And I was just working like crazy. And, but again, I was keeping myself busy and I was working for the manufacturers and, and, you know, when the art institutes were getting sued, I just made a, a conscious decision that I really needed to make a change. And so as much as I didn't want to step away from teaching because I absolutely loved it and it was a good base for me, I knew that it wasn't going to be sustainable. So I moved into working for the manufacturers and doing my book stuff full time. And again, I was living with my parents. Um, it was, it was, we were kind of cohabitating in this this house, it was a situation that they didn't necessarily want to be in either, but we, we had, we had made the best of, of what we were given at the time. And it ended up being a huge blessing in disguise and kind of getting me to where I needed to be. So in the period of time, it was roughly about a two to three year period where I traveled around. I ended up um, being introduced to a company out of San Diego, Don Miller and Associates, now DMNA, that, uh, that, kind of acquired what I was doing. Um, I had actually applied for a job in healthcare without any healthcare experience because as I was doing my consulting and traveling around, we were told my, uh, I had gotten remarried and my, my wife and I, um, were told, you know, you're going to have a tough time having kids. And so we kind of accepted that, and she dived into a master's program, and I dived into a uh, work program <laughs> where I just worked a lot and traveled a lot and still do. But uh, we we said, okay, we need, we need to make a change because we've got a baby on the way, and life's going to change, so we need to make a change. So I started interviewing for some more steady positions that were going to have health care benefits and you know, things like that stuff we all struggle with and we all look for. And so in the process of doing that, um, came upon this healthcare job because a lot of my colleagues were like, Oh man, you want balance. You want quality of life going to healthcare. So I looked into healthcare, found a job, interviewed, got a job offer was way lower than I anticipated it being. And I kind of just said, I don't know. I don't know if I can go back to this. So at the time, I was being interviewed um, by this Don Miller and Associates, and after they found out that I wasn't going to take this job and I was going to go back to consulting, they asked me to come join them. And I came on and ended up uh, working with them in a full-time capacity for a couple of years, And that at which time I just, oh, again, I was just getting tired. Um, 
And, you know, a lot of travel really wears on you in a lot of different ways. Uh, mentally, physically, just it was it was very difficult. It was a very difficult time. And, and so we found out, um, you know, my wife at the time we were, was able to travel with me a little bit and we were able to go all over. We lived in Baton Rouge. We lived in L.A. and Hollywood and well, got to see a lot of things, do a lot of things. And, and it was fun, but it just wasn't real life. We, we were living in these kind of executive housing units and we didn't have our own stuff. And you know, and she's got this baby and doesn't have a car during the day. And it, it was just really, it just wasn't real life. And so we decided that we were done kind of with that lifestyle and we needed a change. So at that point, I had been uh, kind of being courted by a group that was uh, back in Salt Lake and uh, a uh, multi-unit chain, Wingers, and they had they had made me an offer and um, had an opportunity to go back to work with my mentor, Dave, who had I had worked with, um, you know, again, off and on for many years, almost 20 years at this point. And so we, uh, so we got the band back together and I came on and uh, started as the director of franchise operations and through a, um, you know, over the course of a couple of years, Dave moved into other opportunities and I moved into the chief operating officer role that I currently fill and um, continued to do other projects, continued to do consulting, still work with the M&A on, uh, on some projects and still work with um, some colleagues from that on some additional projects and uh, work in a lot of different segments of the industry, still do training, coaching, still do teaching, um, uh, and, you know, still do a little bit with my book. And so it's, it's kind of come full circle. I, I sit on uh, the local chefs association board. I sit on the board for the DATC and I've been able to do a lot of cool things in my career, meet a lot of cool people. Um, but you know, that's the great thing about this business is that it doesn't matter where you go in the world. doesn't matter what you want to do. There's something about food that's very uniting and connecting with everybody. And doesn't matter your walk of life or your socioeconomic status. We all have to eat. And there's something about good food and uh, hospitality that really unites us. And that's something that has kept me in this business. So I sure hope that this was enough detail. Um, again, I'm not a huge fan of talking about myself, um, especially to myself. But uh, but I'm... I'm grateful for this opportunity and, and very thankful that everybody reached out and said, Hey, this is actually what we want to hear. And, uh, please continue to do so. I'm always interested in hearing what you want to hear. Um, the guys I work with are very, uh, hospitable and, and accommodating for me. So they, we, we get a little bit of feedback from people saying, Hey, I want to be on the show, but they're, they're, they've been somewhat selective on choosing guests, but I'm, really hopeful to hear from all of you and what you want to hear about because at the end of the day we're here to support you and thank you for listening hey thanks for sticking around be sure to share this podcast with your friends family co-workers or anyone who's interested in making food and money and when you get a second 
give us a review. It really helps us get the word out as well as letting us know how we're doing. Want to connect with us? Check us out at Make Food Make Money on Instagram or Facebook. Or email us, info at businesschef.org. Hey guys, if you're looking for a new podcast, something about cooking, something about how to cook or learning how to cook, check out our new First Timers Cookbook podcast. It's over on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you get your podcasts and give it a listen. See what you think.